Okay, good morning. Today is uh, Wednesday, January 17, 2024, class 28 in the series Cosmology and uh, Earth Solar System History. We uh, finished the, we're, we're getting close to the end of the document, the 92 page PDF put together by Lawrence Manzo and based on my earlier work of the ET, uh, Earth ET history timeline. And uh, we went through, we're in the 20th century and looking at um, additional materials, not uh, the timeline in some sense ends or the last point on the historical timeline is 1973 Pascagoula contact with Charlie Hickson and the 3D Syrian trees who um, picked him up to scan war memories for their own development. Uh, meanwhile, he was pretty traumatized. <laughs> so there, there, you know, there, there are many strange dynamics in creation. Um, it's a rough and tumble game, soul evolution, <clears throat> certainly in planets that are of mixed polarity like Earth. And so continuing in the discussion actually of mixed polarity, which I'll um, at length, hopefully have some wise uh, summary statements at the end of the document. Uh, today's section starts with uh, the phrase, the title context, Orion isn't the only problem, interplanes negativity. And that's a focus on uh, the implications of session 12, question 14, which is the second, going to be the second of today's episode installment in terms of the questions, uh, the QA that we're going through um, at this point in the document, which is uh, what's happening on the inner planes versus uh, Orion's negative influence as a subset of the very, um, very significant influence of negativity or service to self, uh, evil, <laughs> you can call it. I mean, uh, we, the, the influence on the planet and on all of us, and we are talking in the class before right now, uh, <clears throat> uh, the, uh, our, our ine normally uh, inevitable natural aversion to having to jump through hoops established by negative human leaders in negatively oriented, mildly negatively oriented societies. You know, do your taxes, this kind of thing, and do this, do that, do the other thing. And I was talking about <clears throat> the um, encouragement to self-debasement of much of or some of what cultures here, societies here, either demand or... Um, uh, tempt and encourage uh, to to turn against soul, just as they've turned against higher self, or they've turned against love, the negatives and the the rules and demands placed upon all of us, from, issued ultimately by greedy, three D repeating, negatively oriented humans, greedy, negatively oriented, three D repeating humans, three D repeating souls. Um, that it's natural that we uh, would feel a bit of outrage at the whole thing. I come here to be of service to the Logos, and I have to jump through their hoops repeatedly. Uh, obviously, this is a basis for, you know, spiritual seekers' renunciation and uh, detachment from society to get away from that kind of stuff. But we're all in it to some degree, and we're not really true renunciates. Most of us, <laughs> certainly renunciates, don't listen to YouTube, so, or <clears throat> even have internet. But uh, much that we must do that has been fashioned and demanded by evil and ignorance, or service to self. And so the term service to self, service to other, um, those terms are um, helpfully uh, non-emotional, helpfully unsentimental, helpfully uh, technical, precise, impersonal, but also um, in that uh, quality 
of the quality of terminology <clears throat> is double-edged sword, is a plus and a minus. It's good to be unsentimental about this, this situation. On the other hand, we also have emotional experience or emotional reaction to this, that, and the other thing. We have emotional, we are emotional. <laughs> and um, um, qualities of incarnation are important. So incarnation as um, a, a precious opportunity, like precious human birth, as Gautama would say. But the quality, the um, value of incarnation for um, intensive, uh, vivid experience, even if it's illusory, the value of an intensive, vivid illusion, illusory catalyst or illusory experience um, of incarnation where our perceptions are so limited, meaning we, little, we, so, we know, we experience so little of creation moment by moment. <clears throat> There's such a heavy filtering of totality the, that um, leads to or is the basis of our intensive, vivid, illusory experience, which itself is very valuable as an intensive, limited, narrow, uh, vivid experience. So there's the intense value simultaneous to um, and the intensive limitation. Likewise, uh, a certain, uh, I don't know, a, cer a certain uh, burden, <laughs> very serious burden uh, to jump through negative and ignorant and foolish humans fashioned hoops um, and, and live in society in accord with, you know, the demands and uh, expectations uh, and assumptions and all sorts of things fashioned by ignorance, <laughs> fashioned by 3D repeating folly, mind, and, and a whole bunch of negativity serves to sell. That's both... Um, onerous and um, profoundly valuable. Uh, so uh, it's, it's quite, it's not a paradox, but it is quite poignant. The juxtaposition of heaven, hell, or opportunity and onerous burden uh, and outrage and valuable um, valuable experience <laughs> so it's it's uh, poignant I don't think there's a paradox to it I just think it's poignant so this section context Orion isn't the only problem interplanes negativity and that was how Lawrence named the titled it the section uh, based on uh, emphasis on 1214 so let's look at 1213 <clears throat> Don asks you mentioned the Orion Crusaders when they do get through the net quarantine, give both technical and non-technical information. We know what you mean by technical information, but what type of non-technical information do they give to those they contact? Am I right in assuming that this is all done by telepathic communication? Ra's reply is, this is correct. Through telepathy, the philosophy of the law of one with the distortion of service to self is promulgated, which again is a profoundly um, unsentimental technical way of phrasing. Through telepathy, the philosophy of the law of one with the distortion of service to self is promulgated. In advanced groups, there are rituals and exercises given, and these have been written down, just as the service to others oriented entities have written down the promulgated philosophy of their teachers. The philosophy concerns the service of manipulating others so that they may experience service towards the other self Thus, through this experience, being able to appreciate service to self, <clears throat> these entities would thus become oriented towards service to self and in turn manipulate yet others so that they in turn might experience the service towards the other self. And I'll read the second reply, the next, next dial, the next interaction, Don's asking, would this be the origin of what we call black magic? And Ra's reply, 1214, this is correct in one sense, incorrect in another. The Orion group has aided the so-called negatively oriented among your mind-body-spirit complexes. 
these same entities would be concerning themselves with service itself in any case and there are many upon your so-called inner planes which are negatively oriented and thus available as inner teachers or guides and so-called possessors of certain souls who seek this distortion of service to self and the next uh, is uh, most of the crusaders are fourth density Ross said there is a majority of fourth density this is correct so fourth 4d negative is the bulk of orion the bulk of orion is a 4d negative then they too transmit technical non-tech technical and non-technical information telepathically to those that seek seek and you shall find that's a law it must be uh, met the proper calling must be met with a proper response but proper and this means the all the metaphysical dynamics of the caller and the nature of the calling and mm, law of free will but also non-infringement directives so it's all quite lawful uh, <clears throat> we know you know i mean like eyes wide shut you think they're just doing that because they like sex no not at all and and that ritual in the room the black the red priest you think that's just fun and games no not at all in advanced groups they there are and they've been given rituals and exercises and they've been written down and they are continu continually performed on the negative path or among negatively oriented humans just as uh, positively oriented entities have also written down um, but also do exercises <clears throat> and and here's the um, very unsentimental um, uh, statement of what how what the negatives are doing negative uh, 40 negative and astral plane entities are doing in the transmission what they're transmitting <clears throat> when it's non-technical or I guess when it's technical it's the means to do this uh, control concerning service of manipulating others the left-hand path is all about manipulation so they may experience service towards the other self through so so it's basically enslaving so that the slaves learn the value of enslavement enslaving to teach enslavement and you see raw can't talk emotionally they're not that level they're, they're way beyond but there's a certain <laughs> intensity that we have here because we're in the carne and uh, it's not unuseful uh, so long as there's a balance between the the emotionless and the carefully or moderately or my, my somewhat balanced emotional if there's even such a thing so uh, the the ways of manipulating controlling enslaving others so that they may experience the nature of service itself or the negative path and it's working that then though through then that through that experience they can appreciate the value of manipulating controlling and enslaving yet others these entities thus become would uh, become oriented towards service itself if they take up what's being offered <laughs> but then there's the issue of positive or negative at base and that's another matter but those entities enslaved preferably hopefully in accord with what the negative seek would then become oriented themselves or value uh, control manipulation and enslaving others and then do so to control and manipulate yet others so that they in turn might experience service to serve service to the self so they're giving the opportunity of teaching uh, the ways of enslavement by control and manipulation, by physical force and mental cleverness, by devious, devious schema, schemata, devious um, uh, uh, plans and physical force to teach the uh, you know the, the joy of evil if you could say it that way the value of controlling and manipulating enslaving as, as a 
way of living as a lifestyle choice. So, okay, uh, that's a very high level, dispassionate, uh, unsentimental, quite technical understanding. And, and it's very, it's very subtle. It, it doesn't really um, <laughs> capture the, um, the, the contemptible aspects of what's going on, lying through your teeth and um, treachery, <laughs> treachery and manipulation unto the destruction of a mind and spirit complex. It, it, it's it's uh, reasonably met with outrage or shock and horror, uh, which is not very technical or not very uh, unsentimental, but it's part of what's uh, the nature of the phenomenon because there's how it is here and then its essential philosophy, the essential Ra's giving the philosophy of polarized uh, interdimensional transmission. The philosophy, the, the uh, nature, the ontology, the ontology of interdimensional communication. What exactly is happening? It's obviously morally polarized, positive, negative, but it's not simply um, you ask, I want to help, or you um, ask and for the negatives i want to control the one who asks and for the positives i i'm simply happy to help <laughs> that you're learning and growing in light too so they're the intentions of the the givers but what's actually being given uh by positive and negatively oriented higher dimensional beings whether they know it or not certainly uh, 40 negative may or may not have uh, great wisdom usually you know <laughs> their wisdom comes later the wisdom of um, the big picture in which they uh, live uh, the the greater level here is that what uh, that the, the response to calling i.e higher dimensional telepathic transmission polarized in accord with the two paths and calling of humans on the two paths. Uh, it, it comes from the idea that um, I, I give what I wish you to value. Uh, uh, you, you value what you're seeking. You're seeking what you value. And by giving you what you value, giving you what you seek, that you're valuing, you may more fully and more strongly value it. it it's um, nourishing seeking. It, it's feeding spiritual seeking on the two paths, which is soul evolution seeking. Seeking uh, continued development. <clears throat> uh, I teach you by I teach you uh, the doing is the teaching, not simply the, uh, the, the, there's probably a better way of explaining this, but I'm not simply, both higher dimensional sources, positive and negative, are not only giving content, but the very giving of content instructs the ways of that path, which is a kind of subtle matter. And so, <clears throat> uh, when we're helping others, we're also teaching the val the nature of helping. When the negatives are controlling, they're teaching not only the ways of controlling, uh, but um, strengthening the commitment to controlling of those that are receiving their their transmission. So, okay, what about black magic? Well, <clears throat> uh, yeah, rituals and exercises, seeking power and information uh, on the negative path would be called black magic. Black magic is, is a big topic, obviously, as much as white magic. White and black, obviously, is not a body skin color. It's not integumental, not integumental. It's 
associated with uh, love or no love or how much love light and how blocked love light but <clears throat> excuse me um yes of course orion aids so-called negatively oriented here uh, whether they aid them or not, however, Ross seems to imply <clears throat> they would be concerning themselves with the negative path anyway. And then is the point that, that Lawrence considered essential that I think or very important that is, is actually very important <laughs> for understanding what's going on here. <clears throat> well, there are many upon the so-called inner planes also which are negatively oriented. And, and thus available as inner teachers or guides and so-called possessors of certain souls who seek this distortion of service to self. So <clears throat> uh, astral possession, uh, negative entity attachment is very real. It's not provable, but it's very real. <clears throat> and I have one little phlegm there. Uh, the phrase, there are many, upon your so-called inner planes there are many upon the inner planes let's strip away their language to some degree there's let's uh, uh, de super super superlative superfluous uh, dis superfluous um, there are many in the inner planes meaning um hell realm hungry ghost realm it's basically um the astral dimensions closest to the physical uh, that are considerably subterranean physically uh, coincidental coterminous co with the underground physical underground subterranean that's why caverns <clears throat> in caves uh, uh, and deep underground uh, there are negative entities but this is from the book uh, friends ufo friends and foe trevor or something uh, this this uh, I believe uh, I did a whole series UFO friend and foe talking about uh, negative entities negative ET astral entities um, uh, associated with the subterranean area that that Ross said there are many is interesting <laughs> uh, they, they didn't say there are also beings upon the inner planes they said there are many and that probably is what caught lawrence's attention and and is possibly quite significant what happens when heavily distorted repeating souls die well a certain percentage um, immediately go to gehana the hell realm naraka and just like Dante said, there are levels of hell, just like Howard Storm experienced, just like Dr. Louise uh, also in um, um, Astral City, No Solar experienced. There are <clears throat> hot hells, low, low, uh, cold hells, there are uh, crowded hells, there are um, desolate, solitary realms as well. They're all made by mind. Uh, Sartre, Jean-Paul Sartre, said, hell is other people. <laughs> and actually, I'm going to do a talk on um, stupid. The title will be On Stupid in the future at some point. But uh, hell is made by souls. Hell is made by people. So Sartre said, hell is people. Well, I think that needs to be qualified, of course. Um, it's It's a dramatically phrased statement but it's accurate but it's also sloppy uh, people who turn against soul make hell people who know themselves as soul make heaven so hell is ignorant people rejecting soul heaven is sincere people uh, seeking soul Seeking soul means seeking love and light, or love wisdom. So, <clears throat> 3D repeaters, hell is 3D repeaters, um, endlessly repeating. And the negatives and capitalize on that very well. So, um, that, Ross said there are many uh, on the inner planes, negatively oriented, uh, is a bit sobering, I think. Uh, because 
uh, now would there be many who are positively oriented possibly also i mean you know are there more in heaven than hell are there more in the upper astral than the lower astral i don't know but i do i mean we do see how humanity is and nearly everybody dies uh moderately distressed here and that's because uh, they're not centered you know in love life and they've been miseducated and didn't realize it and didn't pull themselves out from disinformation miseducation by their religion or by science or by uh, the societies as a whole uh, the point I think is that it's very easy to fall into negativity in this world or self-debasement or self-harming or harming other or wrong speech wrong action wrong livelihood it's not difficult at all and if you look at most folks they have no moral compass or they have a they have a damaged moral compass they have a sense that you know if if the old lady falls down in the street you want to help her or if the dog is in suffering in pain you don't want to strike it you want to you know hold him and help him get better or something but they're very naive and gullible and easily manipulated so there's a basic instinctive moral sense but they're extremely easy pickings for uh, high quality manipulators or you know training wheels manipulators who are in learning the joys of manipulation and enslavement you can say as Ra's comment before so uh, there are many available and so they do their negative you know transmissions as well and then can possess certain souls and that's why i just make a blanket statement that any kind of um any any et contact experience in which the person believes that their body is being taken not just taken to a ship but taken and manipulated and probed and implanted um i think is most likely a negative contact of some sort it could have been negative et it could be negative inner planes but there's much going on in the negative plane on the inner planes available for those for for you know wrong thinking wrongdoing so when we are caught in some pain and misunderstanding um, we want to lash out or we're greedy in a certain very distorted way there are more than a few invisible entities to amp up our uh, wrong speech wrong action um, that's just the way it is just a second I have my f computer fan spinning and I ask so uh, this planet has a um, infection, <laughs> has a, a sort of fungal overgrowth of negativity, uh, and that's a whole long, long, long discussion. Twelve sixteen. Don asks, are they four D? Ross said they're majority fourth density. Orion. Twelve seventeen. Does an individual in fourth density normally appear, or are they normally invisible to us? It's a very uh, good question and actually ex it, it would take a very long discussion actually to, to explain it and I don't fully ex understand it Ra's reply the use of the word quote normal is one which befuddles the meaning of the question let us rephrase for clarity the fourth density is by choice not visible to third density it is possible for fourth density to be visible However, it's not the choice of the fourth density entity to be visible due to the necessity for concentration upon a rather difficult vibrational complex, which is the third density you experience. Now, this is also a little confusing, obviously. The fourth density by choice is not visible to third density. What do you mean? The dimension or the beings in the dimension? Well, the beings in the dimension is the dimension. Uh, outer and inner is one <laughs> and that's why this appears to be confusing which it still is <laughs> to me but it's you see Ra speaks from the perspective of unity the law of one 
So when they say the fourth density is by choice not visible, it seems to me it's the same as the fourth density, uh, the choice, we're talking about the choice of the fourth density entity when we're talk when Ra used the phrase, the fourth density is not visible by choice. The dimension is the beings of that dimensional consciousness. Loka, like Bumi, uh, Bumisu, or, uh, you know, Kama Loka, Rupa Loka, Rupa Loka in Buddhism, Kama, desire, Rupa form, Arupa formless, Loka world. It's, it's understood at a more subtle level of analysis that there's no dimension but for the beings of that dimensional consciousness. Were there no beings of that dimensional consciousness, there'd be no dimension, but yet a, just a potential. You know, there's pot uh, potentia and kinesis, or potential and kinetic. The potential of seven dimensions, you know, is inherent to light. The kinetic manifestation of the seven dimensions depends on the evolution of beings of uh, those dimensional levels of consciousness. And so there's no dimension, the, the fourth density that by choice is not visible is equivalent to the fourth density entity that by choice is not visible. It seems like that to me. So to say the fourth density by choice, you can say by logoic decision, uh, it's not native to fourth densities to be visible to third density because fourth density form obviously is not flesh and blood and uh, you know of the mineral of the uh, table the elemental table the, the table of elements physical material elements it's not physical it's non-physical all right so fourth density is not physical thus it's not visible <laughs> it's invisible but it's choice by choice by whose choice by logoic choice for density is naturally by 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 the self-structuring of light into seven and the nature of that seven uh number four fourth ray is simply not visible uh, to those in third ray body okay by that logoic choice or the the very intrinsic nature of light that divides to seven and the seven have a certain relation to each other each of the seven have a relation each of the seven rays seven dimensions have a relation internal relations so by logoic <laughs> choice by logoic uh, proclamation by logoic doing four is not visible to those incarnate in three likewise Fourth density entities also don't choose to be visible. They're not in. They're not. They're they're by default invisible. And therefore they and they don't normally then choose to become visible. Why? Well, there's really number one is non-infringement. They don't want to appear around us. But number two, the necessity for concentration upon a rather difficult vibrational complex, which is their density, 3D, as a rather difficult vibrational complex. Damn right. There's a big problem. That's why the Logos put the veil in in the first place or extended the veil because the Logos was having a problem with its third ray. <laughs> I would believe. And so if you really want to understand the, the root uh, problem here, you'd have to look at the relationship between... Um, it, it basically, it's a mathematical issue. The, the sevenfold division of light with its photonic energy levels of uh, discrete levels of seven and it's not necessarily even seven it's because one and seven first ray seventh ray are not quite the same as two three four five six there's a essential difference but <laughs> you'd have to get into what the what this document ends with dewey larson the the relations between space time time space and the seven photonic levels of uh, seven rays energy and, and what what the what the characteristics of third ray are all about uh, there's something intrinsically difficult about third ray it seems so <laughs> so the fourth density entity though um, Ra was saying that after harvest or dimensional shift fourth density entities would have to learn to become invisible 
so that they're not visible and don't infringe. So there is, there, there's possible contradiction there or some something that I can't resolve and it's a long matter. So the metaphysics of seven dimensional, you know, nodal ray energies uh, as a sevenfold division of light, which is intrinsic to light, which you could call logoic choice, then two uh, fourth density entities apparently are not default are, are apparently are default invisible but then there's some reason why they have to quote learn to become invisible or something after dimensional shift when there's a fourth density civilization surrounding the planet there's probably some particular learning to make sure that they're not visible in certain ways that they naturally would be but it's a meanwhile fourth density entities to become visible <laughs> after they are not visible um, would need to be concentrating on a certain vibrational complex or on 3D complex and that's very much like uh, some wanderers have a real problem living in this world because of how small and petty and slow things are how ignorant uh, how, how little how limited is perception how slow is catalytic ca catalyst progression and karmic return? There are all sorts of very subtle dynamics of living here that uh, are grating upon <laughs> a very sensitive wanderer. They're grating upon, they're, they're dissonant to all wanderers, whether they know it or not. And only those who do great greater work in uh, development of wisdom, fifth ray, and sensitivity would be conscious of the um <clears throat> misfitting uh the the dissonance between the law living in the laws of third density versus what we're accustomed to in a higher density and the more we do meditation the more we become sensitive to that dissonance uh but that doesn't get rid of it <laughs> so uh, that's another reason that great masters don't renew their bodies and live forever if they could or live for millennia you know centuries uh, they want to get out of here too <laughs> they 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 have other work to do elsewhere in a more harmonious situation okay page uh, <laughs> 76 so this is very intensive eh uh page 76 bottom organic robotoids this is a term from dr peter beter b-e-t-e-r you can find dr peter beter's work on youtube it's pivotal. He was a very serious fellow, actually, it seems to me. <clears throat> and um, did critical, I don't mean whether it, it's, he would have been killed immediately if that was happening these days. But if he was speaking what he was speaking then today, but he did much work discussing organic robotoids. And uh, you can see the roots of what's going on today. Anyway, 1218, Don asks, are there any Confederation or Orion individuals living on Earth visible to us and important in our society at this time, walking among us? <laughs> you could be damn sure Ra won't answer that directly. Ra said, there are no entities of either group walking among you at this time. Mm -hmm. However, the Crusaders of Orion use two types of entities to do their bidding, shall we say. The first type is a thought form, the second a kind of robot. So... The first is this statement from 1981. No entities of the Confederation or Orion walking among us. If there were, Ra wouldn't have said it, would they? <laughs> so that there isn't, you know, there's no infringement when they, uh, when they deny a possible metaphysical phenomenon. But there is infringement if it's happening and they affirm it. So, uh, there's no infringement in denial when it is when it's non-extant, but there's infringement in affirmation when it is extant. Hmm. Something strange there. So anyway, uh, there aren't any," said Ra. However, Orion uses two types of entities to do their bidding. You see, all this, you know. The degree of Orion penetration is simply because this group is root stock Martian. This group is root stock Martian. 
50% of incoming population 75,000 years ago worked on by Yahweh was Martian. 25% native up from the apes and 25% from elsewhere. Uh, that 50% rootstock is why there's so much negative action here. We came to a planet heavily parasitized by negative entities. Don't forget it. And then you have vast masses of thoughtlessness, the thoughtless. So the blind leading the blind? No. The devious leading the gullible. The, um, you know, moderately pol well-polarized service of self leading the inadequately positively polarized or non-polarized. And nobody seems to know what's happening here. <laughs> okay. And nobody wants to talk too, too tough about it, too straight about it, because, you know, you can't handle the truth that many people don't want truth because they want comfort, because they feel so weak. So they don't want to hear it, which is, you know, okay. So two types of negative, uh, two types of tools used by Orion, robot and thought form. What about the robot? The robot may look like any other being. It's a construct. It's an interesting phrase, construct. It's constructed. It's a composite. What robot? Rod Don asks, is the robot what's normally called men in black? Black, M-I-B, it's called, this is incorrect. Who are the men in black? Will Smith? No. <laughs> uh, but that's a kind of a cool song, I thought. I used to, I used to think Will Smith lived a charmed life, but now I think he's in hell. So, not that he's evil at all. I think he's a good guy, but he's in a bad way, it looks like to me. I think he's a good guy. He's probably a wanderer, frankly. Anyway, 1221, Ra's reply. The men in black are a type, are a thought form type of entity which have some beingness to their makeup. They have certain physical characteristics given them. However, their true vibrational nature is without their density vibrational characteristics, and therefore they're able to materialize and dematerialize when necessary. Are all the these men in black then used by Orion Crusaders? Ra said this is correct. So the men in black um are not human they are a type a thought form type of entity um that's not a robot there's a difference between a robot and a thought form entity a thought form type but it has some beingness to the makeup so they're they're mind body complexes there's a with a, a smidgen of spirit complex added on a smidgen some beingness to their makeup beingness of course is a catchword for spirit complex um, quality so they have certain physical characteristics obviously <laughs> they have a body that's apparently fleshy I don't know I've never touched their hand however their vibrational nature is without 3d vibrational characteristics so they're not um, their true vibrational nature is it what what is what is their true density vibration well probably second actually they're probably that's why they'd be called mind body complexes like an animal they're basically uh human form of uh, fashioned animals human body mind fashioned bodies <laughs> flesh forms uh, that the, but they're thought forms, so they're projections of thought from 4D negative or inner planes negative. They're projections um, uh, into uh, a physical of a phys an apparently physical mind body, which is really not physical, and that's why they mean Ross said they can materialize and dematerialize they they're basically like computer programmed they're like androids but they're not of physical stuff they're made of thought with physical characteristics the physical informed thought so okay don uh, getting frisky here says if one were to visit me and i grabbed him and locked him in the closet could i keep him daddy or would he disappear ross said well son Depends on which type of entity you grab. 
you're perhaps able to perceive a construct. You are perhaps able to perceive a construct. What does that mean? Perceive, well, okay, I'll finish this before commenting. The construct might be kept for a brief period, although these constructs also have an ability to disappear. The programming on these constructs, however, makes it more difficult to remotely control them. You would not be able to grapple with a thought form entity of the men in black, as you call it, type. And Don follows up, would this be against the law of one and I'd be making a mistake by grabbing these entities? Ross said there are no mistakes under the law of one. Which uh, we may question uh, closely uh, after the game's over. So, <clears throat> uh, uh, it's a construct, it's a thought form there. MIB is a thought form construct. What's that? I don't fully know. Uh, projected by mind, like the pyramid, right? The, the pyramid is built by an everlasting rock. It's built by thought. It's built, it's not, it's a physical form manifest by thought, designed by thought, and manifest into physical form by thought. Then it has physical form. <clears throat> In this case, the MIB that have physical form also have some beingness which means some smidgen of autonomy, like AI, you could say. Frankly, I think the whole AI discussion is profoundly immature but, and, fantas and fantastical as well. But only, only, sh only people who have no understanding of the, the path, spiritual path, are turned on by AI. <clears throat> so, okay, you could keep it a little bit, but actually they have the construct is programmed uh to dematerialize upon threat of capture obviously so all right <clears throat> and that's it for the negativities uh the next section page 78 is wanderers and um this is not the whole this is a very limited selection of ra's talk on wanderers uh, look at my own PDF Wanderer's Notes uh, to get a much fuller presentation of text from the 106 sessions from Ra on Wanderers. But we have a page here and it's useful. 1226, same session. Don asks, well, you spoke of Wanderers. Who are Wanderers? Where do they come from? This term comes from George Hunt Williamson, a friend of mine. And um, I think it's from him. Uh, it's a particular term, and uh, Don had heard it before from other sources before Ra, and this builds on some of that. Ra said, imagine, if you will, the sands of your shores. As countless as the grains of sand are the sources of intelligent infinity, when a social memory complex has achieved its complete understanding of its desire, it may conclude that its desire is service to others with the distortion towards reaching their hand figuratively, to any entities who call for aid. These entities, whom you may call the brothers and sisters of sorrow, move towards this calling of sorrow. These entities are from all reaches of the infinite creation and are bound together by the desire to serve in this distortion. How many of them are incarnate on earth now? Don asks. Ra said, the number is approximate due to a heavy influx of those birthed at this time due to an intensive need to lighten the planetary vibration and thus aid in harvest. The number approaches 65 million. And that was, you know, what was the population of the planet at that time? 6.5 billion, so that's 1%. Uh, <clears throat> before we get to the further discussion, well, okay, I guess we'll do it that way. Okay. Uh, 1228, are most of these from fourth density? What density do they come from? Ra replies, few there are of fourth density. The largest number of wanderers, as you call them, are of sixth density. The desire to serve must be distorted towards a great deal of purity of mind and what you may call foolhardiness or bravery, depending on your distortion complex judgment. The challenge slash danger of the wanderer is that it will forget its mission, become karmically involved, and thus be swept into the maelstrom from which it had incarnated to aid the destruction. It's not actually, I think that the grammar here is a little weird. It'd be swept into the maelstrom 
Um, from which it had incarnated? No, it's not incarnating from a maelstrom. Into which it had thus be swept into the maelstrom, into which it incarnated uh, to mitigate. <laughs> so I think the sentence I don't understand. <clears throat> uh, swept into the maelstrom of human distortion, of course. Uh, the depths of the distortions that infect these peoples and us. Uh, swept into the maelstrom into which it had incarnated to um, to lighten and uh, ameliorate. So, okay. Countless as grains of sand in the Ganges is our sources of intelligent infinity, meaning logoic sources, meaning stars and the sources of stars. When a social memory complex on a planet in the star, in fourth density normally, has achieved, quote, complete understanding of its desire. And this is interesting. Uh, third density, or in, in Buddhism, <clears throat> uh, there's the lower realm, or one of the, the realm that the human is in is called Kamaloka, desire realm, desire world. Uh, in many ways, um, the purpose of third density is for the purification of desire, not the elimination of desire, not the cessation of desire, the purification and orientation of desire. The purification is the orientation. Orientation of desire is a purification of desire, is a focalizing of desire, is a intensifying of will and accessing of intelligent energy. Right? I mean, that's what makes harvest, is some contact with intelligent energy, a sufficient contact with intelligent energy. Six chakra activation is necessary for with you know withstanding the light of the next density and harvesting to the next density <clears throat> that that light that must be withstood is intelligent energy light love love light capital l light that's accessed by will the will however is accessed by purification or orientation or a focalizing of desire and the desire is ultimately which way which path will one take I mean, I like, uh, you know, what? I like fried rice. That's a desire. Well, I also like, uh, you know, Rogan Josh. Uh, okay, that's another desire. Well, how do I purify those? Well, I don't necessarily need to renounce them. It's ultimately the the um, the field of desire, the seed bed of desire being, quote, purified, which is my term, or focalized, my term, is uh, akin to the fourth density group developing a complete understanding of its desire. Understanding is not of your density three, so the purpose here is not a complete understanding of our desire. Understanding is not of this density. It's actually a sufficiently focalized desire, a sufficient um focus um, a sufficient narrowing or aligning or um, focalizing of the whole matter of desire of, of all personal desire any desire the whole work of desiring the, the it's a focalizing of desiring not necessarily even specific desires that'll come later the desiring is focused to what polarizes positive or negative, is focused to what we call service to other or service to self. But service to other is a really lame term. It's just the dualism of other self. It's service to all versus service to self. And service to all is of the way of honestly seeking truth, sincerely, not lying to yourself, as the negatives do always the negatives are self-deceivers first and foremost the positive path is about real authentic honesty and love wisdom balance and that equals a desire for the best for all may you all be well and happy y'all so may all be one all, all is one a sense that all is one an inkling that all is one and and that 
um, leads to a natural valuation of love, wisdom, and balance. Uh, it's a turning away from pain. The, the negative path is a turning towards pain. That's why they self-deceive and deceive others, and they value pain. So they live in pain. Being on the negative path is the punishment for being on the negative path. Being negative is... the being in the communities of negative entities and continuing endlessly on the negative path, almost endlessly, is the karmic return for being on the negative path and doing negative action. Uh, in fourth density, groups then may achieve complete understanding. That doesn't mean complete enlightenment. It means the matter of personal desiring has now at last been fully, or as they say, completely understood. In third density, it's a, an initial but significant focusing, focalizing of desire itself uh, to a moral valuation, which we call ethical, non-ethical, <laughs> virtue, non-virtue, love, wisdom, sincerity, honesty, the best for all, or uh, deception, control, power, domination by force and deception, with no commitment to honesty and no commitment to uh, others' benefit or others' well-being, a commitment to uh, domination and control at, at, at whatever cost, at any cost, whatever price, whatever it takes. So like that. So this humanity has been taught in the ways of the negative path by its negative leadership who are taught by negative 4D, 4D negative, understandable. Uh, when a social memory complex, which is a 4D grouping, in case of wanderers, 4D positive, in 4D, as is appropriate, does indeed finally or come to a full or complete understanding of its desire, which is the moral valuation of its path, which is service to other or all or love, wisdom, balance, then it may decide or realize, hey, I'd like to... Uh, reach out to those who call, which is like normal. Okay, it may conclude. <laughs> I don't imagine there are many groups in 4D positive that conclude that uh, their desire for service to all uh, doesn't include uh, a willingness to reach their hand to those who call. But then the wanderers also called brothers and sisters of sorrow move toward the calling of sorrow. And there's a subtle equivalence here. Entities who call for aid, equivalent, uh, synonymous or comparable to a calling of sorrow. Calling for aid comes from sorrow, pain, dukkha. So positive entities on the positive path um, seek to ameliorate sorrow and pain. Negatively oriented entities um, love pain. They live in pain. They're beings of dukkha. It's the path of dukkha, the negative path. Left-hand path is the path of dukkha. The right-hand path is the path of sukha and vidya, uh, happiness, well-being, and truth, which comes to satvid eventually, meaning samvid, meaning ultimate reality, truth. Om tat sat. So, okay, um, entities who call for aid indeed are calling on the base by the basis of sorrow. It's dukkha that leads to calling. <laughs> Duh. meaning one seeks because one uh, perceives or believes one's perceiving, conceiving, one's conceiving a deficiency or a problem. There's a problem here, is the view. Thus I call or seek or call for help or feel I need to do something or make a change. That's kamaloka, <laughs> desire. And so desire leads to sorrow, of course, because there's, I mean, desire is natural, you know. <laughs> of course, there's no problem. It's not like desire leads to sorrow, therefore I kill desire. Okay. That, that's the most shallow understanding of Buddha Dhamma. Desire leads to, you know, kama leads to dukkha. So destroy kama and you'll destroy dukkha, right? Well, theoretically, yes. However, the way of destroying kama or desire is actually <laughs> seeing uh, reality and, and a natural detachment from any interest in perpetuating dukkha, which we all do. Uh, we have attachment to uh, 
you know, craving, clinging, <laughs> grasping, aversion, ignorance, dot, dot, dot. That's what leads to sorrow. And that's only finished actually leaving sixth density and going into, you know, parinibban in eighth density beyond the octave. The final ending of dukkha is the final ending of sorrow. The final calling is leaving sixth density, I would think. But entities that call for aid are in sorrow, and thus it's a calling of sorrow for aid. Meanwhile, when we get here, everybody says, I'm okay, I'm all right, Jack, keep your hands off of my stack, or something like that. So <laughs> we come in response to the sorrow, the calling for aid in sorrow, and then they look at us like, who are you, freak? What are you talking about, E.T. UFO? Eh, you must be a loony. So, so okay, <laughs> that's interesting. So in 4D positive, they recognize, um, they, they have a completed comprehension of their moral uh, metaphysical desire, positive path, valuing love, wisdom, authenticity, and the best for all. From all uh, entities, wanderers are from everywhere, uh, but actually, this to say entities are from all reaches of the infinite creation um, I think is a little misleading frankly because I do not think there are many wanderers here from other galaxies I think in general the the uh, what's what what happens in uh, the galaxy stays in the valley in the galaxy as they say of Vegas so what's what happens in a galaxy stays in the galaxy <clears throat> so Something, I don't really think there are that many wanderers from other galaxies, but it's possible. Uh, perhaps, possibly six density. What's very interesting is um, that Ross said in general they're mainly six density. So they said 65 million. That's, again, 1% perhaps of 6.5 billion at that time 40 years ago. Uh, today, I think probably we're up to maybe closer to 2%, but not much more. Uh, which would be what? You know, 100 million, 120? Who knows? But there is indeed a heavy influx of birthing now due to intensive need to lighten planetary vibration, which aids in harvest. Meaning, uh, bring light to darkness, bring love-light radiance. It's really the radiance of mind-spirit um, harmony. Um a spiritualized consciousness in the body um, activation of green blue indigo while embodied significant in act activation coordination radiance of green blue indigo while incarnate that's the lightning of the planetary vibration uh, few are from fourth density most are from six uh, this notion that indigo children are everywhere is wrong. There are 4D wanderers born again and again as children. Oh, they're born as children, right? So yeah, that's true. That's happening. But I don't think that it's as big as the um, popularizers would imagine. I mean, everybody here, you know, <laughs> honesty, uh, the paucity of honesty affects us too. And it affects wanderers too. And it affects those who love love and love light too and people exaggerate in line with their hope and de-emphasize in relation to their uh, what they don't want <laughs> to their dreaded uh, to, to what they dread so they de-emphasize <laughs> what they dread and they emphasize what they like in, in their assessment of situations of reality uh, uh, there really are not I think some massive influx of indigo children which is a lousy term although indigo indicates six chakra activation or the spirit complex uh, awake which it is more fully in a fourth density wanderer than a normal 3D native but mainly at least since 81 Ra saying most are of sixth density the desire to serve must be distorted. <laughs> they say everything's a distortion other than unity and infinity. The desire to serve must be distorted towards a great deal of purity of mind and what could, call, what could be called foolhardiness or bravery. Foolhardiness 
and bravery is uh, two sides of the same coin. Is the glass half full or half empty? No. Yes, it's half empty and half full simultaneously. So neither. Is it half full and half or? The problem is this notion of or. The, the, the notion that this is some of how our mind is polluted by very subtle distortion. Presuming that um, answers must be singular. Presuming that um, comprehension is a, a singular matter rather than a profoundly complex composite. Is it half is it half full or half empty? The first problem is phrasing it as or, with the word or. It's, is it, is it, what is it, <laughs> is the real question. What is it? Well, the answers are infinite. Uh, along one polarity, we can say half full, half empty. Presuming that it's either is wrong. Presuming that because it's black, it's not white is wrong. Presuming that it's either is wrong. It's half full and half empty. It can be called half full. It can be called half empty. Is it? Neither. <laughs> because it's more than either. If it's more than either, it's neither. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and this... <laughs> okay. Uh, one little rant. Oh, time, time, time. Okay, no rant. I'll talk about it another time. Let's just finish up 1228 times flying as I'm ranting along. I hope it's not too unpleasant. Um, wanders come in with a great deal of, quote, purity of mind, whatever that means. Purity of mind in this case means intensive desire to offer self, to self-offer for others' well-being, which then can be called both foolhardy and brave. And this type of bravery, because there is a folly to it, is called foolhardy. It's fool bravery, like fool's gold. It's, in this case, it's real gold, and there is a bit of ignorance and folly to it. Why? Well, countless reasons, and we'll pick this up next time. The challenge, it's not simply the danger of the situation, karmically, that um, is the basis of the term foolhardy, or the, the, the basis of uh, this being termed foolhardy, wandering as foolhardiness is um, constituted not simply on the basis of the fact that it is dangerous here, but there's a futility here, a futility in the situation that uh, needs to be recognized also, it doesn't mean it's ineffective. It's uh, effective to a degree. And there's generally ignorance and folly in this great deal of purity of mind as well. <laughs> Which is a whole other matter. But it's a good thing we're here, right? We can talk. It's nice. Hi, hello. We can, you can meet me and I can meet you. So that's one benefit. Um, in any case, we'll pick it up right here at 1228 next time, page 78, next class, next week. I hope it was useful, and um, don't become too karmically involved, and don't get swept into the maelstrom. Um, global affairs are intensifying, and uh, more people are losing it, so don't lose it. Um, guard the light and um, be true to yourself and take good care of yourselves. Okay, see you next time. Good night.